Love Talk Radio. What happens with athletes is they make so much money when they invest, they invest big. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So if they lose, they lose big. Right. They don't just take a little bit of money right. and invest it in something. They go buy a restaurant and all right. this stuff. And then but when it doesn't do it, then you're done. You're done. You just lost Just like with the, I can understand with real estate too, because just like when the market crashes, real estate crashes. So you and most people are not patient enough for it to come to back. To come back up. But if you exactly. know about real estate, you know, you know it's going to come back up. Come back up. But just like how the guy said, we play it, we use our emotions. I mean, that's the Arabs. The thing about real estate is that unless an eminent domain comes by, you always own it. That means your family always has it. Even the eminent domain, they gotta buy you out. Yeah, that's true. They so do, but they might. They're more. gonna buy you out under market value. Yeah, but you're still gonna make more than what you pay for. It. But it's eminent domain. It's not like somebody's trying to buy you out because they want to build a restaurant. That's the government wants to buy you out because they want to build a freeway. Yeah, but how often is two million dollars going oh. up to two hundred thousand? Oh no, I, no, I'm just being yeah, no, no, I'm just being I'm extra. Like, I'm just being know, extra. You're you not gonna make a profit. Yeah, you if somebody wanted to build a mall, because there's no need. They're just trying to buy you out, and you could hold out. But if, if they want to build a freeway, then you have to go. Because that's what happened over by my mom's house. All that area where that freeway is. Yeah. 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 And they yeah. even took, there's a 100-year-old house that instead of, they moved the house. Freeway. Yeah, because that they couldn't. Hello. Okay. Want to make sure he was there. Right now, are we? We are on air. Look at this. 
If this is something else, oh, Lord, have mercy. See, we done came on already messed up. Well, welcome to Lordy Miss Party and Company on Blog Talk Radio. Lord Jesus, we trying to figure out what's going on. We thought we had uh, technical difficulties going on, y'all, trying to get the thing right. But since now we know we are really on the air, we just want to say, how you doing? <laughs> and what you doing? And the subject tonight is about what's the difference between abuse and accountability and should spanking stop, okay? We're talking about spanking kids. When does it stop, okay? So, again, you are listening to Lardy, Miss Cardi, and Company. I have my two co-hosts with me, Agape and Mystery. And also, you can call in at this call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number, again, is 347-884-8684. And the guest call-in number is 877-483-3153. That number, again, is 483-3153-877, toll-free number, okay? Now... Okay, as you know, we are in California, live, talking to you wherever you are, all right? And this program that we're talking on about should bank and stop, and what's the difference between abuse and accountability when it comes to spanking, this, this program is about children, teens, parents, children protective services, and the laws that infringe on those parents that are held accountable versus those parents that are abusive. What is the difference between being accountable versus being abusive? Now, my pointers was this. Who said we were to be accountable? And if we don't, we are held accountable, right? That's right. All right, so we're going to start with you, my brother, um, Agape, and if anybody else out there want to have something to say on this subject, you can call in at 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And that toll-free number again is 877-483-3153. That number again is 877-483-3153. All right, it's on you, my brother. Talk on, my brother. This is uh, Agape. Coming in on what's the difference between abuse and accountability and should thinking stop? Well, I think abuse is this the excessive act of whooping your child. Like there are people who really just beat up their children for no reason. There's a difference between just whooping your child versus chastising your child for something that is done wrong to actually teach them a lesson. I mean, uh, taking it to the to a whole new level of abuse is, you know, scarring a child and breaking bones and things of that nature, black eyes and hitting children in the face and things like that. I mean, put, putting them down. <laughs> oh, no, that goes when they turn teenagers. No, uh, by the time they get teenagers, if you haven't done your job by then, you might be the one getting abused. Oh, well, yeah, you know, now, well, that's when the doggone fight come down then, you know what I'm saying? That's called, that's called dog e dog. Yeah, y'all be throwing them blows. <laughs> and they don't mind throwing them either. Sure don't. All right, so, so the question um, that I want to ask, you know, to you, Agape is this. Is it fair for parents to choose between going to jail for being accountable or let their children end up Well, hello, everybody. We are having some serious difficulty, technical difficulties going on. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring on Pianki Pianki so that they can say something that they want to say. Let's see what they say about should spank and stop. Hello, you are on the air, Pianki. Panky. I'm listening to your program. You got what you say? 
Huh? I'm listening to your program, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, children should be. Well, that's, I think that's up to the family and in the culture. Uh, okay. Discipline a okay. child. Disciplining a child is an art. It has to be learned on how to do it. You just can't any any person just start doing that on their own. They have to be taught how to discipline a child. When I was coming up, I got I got whooping for old and new. Otherwise, when I done something wrong, I didn't get a whooping right then and there. I might not get a whooping for another week, which included what I done oh, really? then plus a lot of other stuff. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, then I'm going to ask you this question. Can I ask you this question? Is it fair for parents to choose between going to jail for being accountable for spanking their kid or let their children end up getting killed or going to jail for the lack of rearing and the fear of going to jail? How do you think about that? Well, a parent, well, unfortunately, they don't happen. But back in the in the day, parents raise their children. A child is a child. It's not a, an adult. And there's a way right. to do that. I think that society, of course, society has to protect the innocence of a child. But the parent is still the ultimate decider on the direction that that child should go unless the ch- parent is not capable of doing that themselves. But there's so much have changed nowadays. As I said before, when I was coming up, I got whooping. Uh, I think I got my last when I was twelve. Uh, my daughter, uh-huh. I think I, I did. My, my daughter, I think I whipped her maybe three times. Her son, I probably whipped on it twice. So it just depends on the child, also. Okay, and and that's very very true. And I wanted to also ask, you know, okay, you know the the legislation got a law out right on whether it's uh, uh, right. Or, well, they got a law out that I think that they should consider amending because, see, the legislation law that they got out is everybody's abusive, just like it's in child support, deadbeat parents, you know what I'm saying? And everybody gets beat up, you know, by that child protective services, even though that there are some parents that are accountable and want to be accountable and responsible for their children. But because of this law, you know, they got it where, you know, the parents say, well, forget it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to jail. So, But I feel that the law should be a demarcate there between the difference between an abusive parent and an accountable parent and quit lumping everybody up together as a deadbeat parent, you know what I'm saying, like they do in child support. Where there needs to be casework, it needs to have Plenty of black caseworkers who know the culture from which the child is hailing from. And uh, discipline of a child lies within an ethnic, ethnic group's culture, just like their religion does. And if they've right. been, if they have been disciplining their children since time immemorial, then I think it's wrong for government to step in and try to stop that as long as you're not harming the child to any appreciable degree. Okay. I can understand that. I can understand that. But, okay, say like, you know, because I've been in this situation before, you know, where I was with children's services. This Lardy Miss Clardy talking, you know what I'm saying? That's why I bring up these kind of things because, you know, um, I just be wanting to see other people's perspective about it because what happened to me you know, um, I, I didn't even spank my kids, you know what I'm saying? It was just the point because I knew what my rights was and the, the protective services system wanted to show me that they was boss and they're going to do what they want to do with me whether I liked it or not. And because I was fighting back, you know, they pinned a charge on me, a trumped-up charge that I had nothing to do with at all and where I was involved in a criminal situation uh, after they took my children away from me and placed it with, you know, the stepdaddy, you know what I'm saying, and the and 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 the stepdaddy's girlfriend, and obviously I did not know what was going on at that time, but I was going through civil and criminal procedures, 
And I was told in the court they had first came up with talking about God in the court. So after I finished shutting that down, then the two, one of the, uh, there were two prosecutors, one from the civil and one from the criminal. And one of them took and said, well, my back was turned, said, didn't we tell you not to discipline your kid? And I'm, you know, I, it wasn't me at the time, but it was me. And I turned around, I had my black cape on, and I took and I pointed my finger at whatever voice that was in back of me and said, who are you to tell me what not to discipline? I know my rights. And seeing we know that the discipline word has a twofold meaning, you know what I'm saying? And you're still held accountable according to God's law and also the law that's down here. Because if you don't do what you're supposed to do with these kids and they go on crazy, they do stuff to you anyway. Even though their laws say, didn't we tell you not to uh, discipline your kids? You know what I'm saying? Now, there's a difference between discipline and discipline. Discipline is training, and discipline is when they need a spanking. But discipline has nothing to do with abuse. Do you believe that? Well, I agree with you. There's a difference between abuse and discipline in your children. As I said before, there's a procedure, there's a learned procedure on how to go about disciplining a child. A mother and even so a father must learn that from their grandparents in order to make sure they're doing it correctly. It's not something you just wake up one morning and start doing it. That's where you see the abuse that goes on with children when you have parents don't know what the hell they're doing themselves. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, but how, how how we know that our grandparents and parents knew what the hell they was doing? Because, I mean, there was plenty of times I was being whooped with racing tracks. Was that what, I mean, even though it, I turned out to be all right, you see what I'm saying? But nevertheless, was that considered abuse? Racing tracks and switches and, and, and you know, some, um, uh, what do you call them, uh, stitching cords? Well, I, when I, I was a kid, I was allowed to go get my own switch that I was going to get my butt with, with, with one auntie. Said me you too. was allowed. Yep, me too. That's, that's yeah, like so I, I didn't come back with no tree limb. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, because you know you'd have to go back out there and get yeah, something exactly. better, huh? Well, that's my dad, I think yeah. Down. Uh, to go with what you were saying earlier about the fact that uh, uh, social workers and the such need to learn about cultures and what mm -hmm. happens in different cultures, I've, I've had a conversation with a young woman who was uh, – the assistant to a child services lawyer. So here was the lawyer for children, and she was the assistant that would go around to houses. And she said one of the things that she learned, because she was a black woman and she deals with mostly people of other nationalities, mm -hmm. and when you talk to a black child about them getting spanked, they will say, I got whooped. And right, depending that's on a, that's a who you're talking to, right, that that's sounds abuse. like abuse. When in actuality, in our community, that just means they got a spanking. But like you said, there's there needs to be understanding of what it is from culture to culture because it is the same thing is said differently, and it makes it can blow things out of proportion just because people don't understand from culture to culture. Well, what you think about that, uh, Agape? What's your, what's your point on it? I mean, I agree with him. It's, it's, it's that, it's just, it's that in a nutshell. I mean, to me, you got to discipline the youth. You know, and when I was to the back to pick what I did wrong, and I So he's gonna go get something Absolutely. You know, but I used to I used to get my butt spanked for things that I did wrong. But as an adult, I haven't seen a jail cell. I've I've done in my community and 
mm-hmm. you know, to the ones that I love than someone who was a destroyer. So I thank my parents for whooping my butt because I had a lot of friends who didn't get their butts whooped. And when it came time for them to be on their own and, and make correct decisions, they, they, were, they were lost. It's like they really didn't have any guideline or any, anything in the back of their mind that says to them consequence for making certain type of decisions because they were allowed to pretty much do whatever they wanted to do mm-hmm. from the time they were a child to up to the time they were an adult. And some of my friends are in jail right now, and some of them are not here. You know, based on that, I was very fortunate to have both of my parents, and I know if I got in trouble, my mama would kick my butt, but as soon as my dad got home, that's when I would get my real butt with. See, you know, uh, Pianki, I just want to ask this question. When do you think that uh, spankings should stop when it comes to a a child going into adolescence? Well, if you raise a child long enough, I mean, if you raise a child correctly, the child will demonstrate behavior where it doesn't need to be spanked anymore. Okay. Well, um, what would you say when it comes, okay, say like I just heard, you know, you speak about, you know, you spanking your children and you not having to spank them much because you a man spanking them and you've been in their life. And my brother here, Agape, speaking about his mom and father being in his life, you know, but what about the average single woman that's got three or five some people got nine, okay? And and they have to, uh, you know, know the difference of which one of these kids is spankable versus ones that don't, that know how to stay out of trouble. Um, what do you say about those type of parents? You know, when do they think, when do you think they should stop spanking a child? Well, when you have a dysfunctional household, when you have a dysfunctional family, really there ain't no telling. Mm-hmm. Well, see, when you have Absolutely. a functional, when you have a functional house, a daughter don't run out. A daughter don't date a man unless there's a thorough background check on who she's dating. You just don't walk up right. on the porch, grab your daughter by your by his hand, and take off with her. That stuff is ignorant. You do not marry right. without nowadays without doing a thorough background check on who it is that you marry. Another point. It was not meant for a woman to raise males. It That's just right. not meant but for it that. has happened. And let me tell you something. A daughter, a woman that's marrying, would never know what to look for in a man and she have never seen that played out between a father and a mother at the house. She don't have the slightest idea. She'd be on the phone calling all the time, wondering what's going on. So that dysfunction that we see within the black community today is really, really detrimental. It never exists all the time the way we see it today. Women are not designed to raise a boy into a man, a male, that is. Well, I'm sorry, a male into a man. That's That's a procedure that, and actually, to tell you the truth with it's the grandfather that raises that boy because the grandfather is the greater volume of knowledge. The father right. was just a boy last week. He don't uh-huh. know. He had to learn from the grandfather and vice versa with the girl. Okay. Well, let's do this scenario. And I'm going to talk about me in this one because, see, you talk, you're, you're talking about me now. And I'm not I'm not saying in a bad way because it is. It's a very important piece right there. And sharing, you know, about myself as being a single mother of five children, now, you know, a grandmother of 18 grandbabies and two great-grandbabies coming on the way. Um, I can honestly say through what you just got been saying, yes, it was a very, very dysfunctional home because, number one, I was by myself trying to raise the boy children. Two, you know, trying to uh, be a role model for my girls. 
and three, because I did not have a father, nor a grandmother, nor a grandfather, nor uncles or aunts. None of those things were in my life, and my mama died when I was 21 years old. So I was out here alone and by myself, scared to death, with already three babies, you know, before I had the next. And what happened to me was that I quickly decided to jump on God's side and be able to get led how to be a godly mother by the word. Now, okay, you know, I go and, yeah, I got married to uh, the last child's father, but, you know, Sometimes, you know, the people that you think that's supposed to be right because you're trying to trust people, men and women, and, you know, they give you all these fancy thoughts, you know, I'm a godly man and I'm a godly woman, but, you know, you find out that they're not godly after you done already did your research, you know, and you're trying to be careful, and because you didn't do, didn't do good in that relationship, because it takes two, you know what I'm saying? You know, then your whole family become dysfunctional from there. Because after I got rid of him, then that's when all the kids fell down out of the beds and off the boat and wanted to go a separate way. But, you know, even at that time, talking about children's services being in my life, truly they have uh, made me become what you would call very accountable uh, because no regards if I did not do the things that I needed to do to raise those kids by myself because I had to, um, I wouldn't be able to say right now today, I got three boys and two girls, two of the boys, one is married, and the other one is a hard worker. All all five of the kids are a hard worker. But I found that two of them kids, which was my olders, were hard-headed. And they used to get their butt kicked all the time. But in the end here, you know, um, they all are doing good. There's only one that went to jail maybe two or three times. But the other boys never went to jail. They're working and they're doing real good. And they understand not to be a bad man. You know what I'm saying? Even though that I was by myself raising them. Well, you know... (laughs) A family, a family not only includes a mother, father, brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts, but a family includes those who have passed away and those who have yet to be born. And if Amen. you don't have all those elements, oh, keep coming back. If you don't I have all those elements, if you don't have all those elements existing at the time when they're supposed to exist, well, anything can happen. Now, there are some exceptions to the causes, but generally, it can't, it do not work. And if it did work, we wouldn't be talking about it as much as we talk about it in the news and newspapers and every place else. You got to have those elements. You have to have them. I agree. And also, so, the, so, so who's supposed to be responsible for that? What, the law or the parents? You know, because, see, the parent is stuck between a hard, a rock and a hard place these days because the young women, I'm thankful that I got the knowledge and was able to pass it down to my daughters and my sons. But, you know, these some of these women, you know, and, some, and, and, and young men, you know, that fathers that even though their fathers might have been in their life, still haven't taught them anything. We're talking about the young men, even though they sit in their lives, uh, haven't been taught. But, you know, the, the women are always, seems like that we are the ones that's always responsible for what happens to the family. When that's not the case, it's always both. And if one doesn't want to do the right thing, well, the kids is mimicking and seeing everything that they see. And I still think that the law, you know, bringing it in hard like this because there are parents that are out there on drugs and alcohol versus other parents that are not on that stuff and they're just trying to raise a reputable household. Um, You know, the law has made the parents afraid 
to do their job because they don't want to go to jail. So they let they let the children just do their own thing now. Do you think that the law has gone too far with that? Well, black society and black culture have been destroyed. And see, when that circle became broken, then you got problems. As long as the circle is intact, what goes around comes around in a prescribed set of order and procedures. But when it became broken, now you begin to see what has become today. We have a subculture. We have these underclasses, undesirables. And really, and frankly, the only thing I can say is that those in the know can only do the best that they can. What it would take in order to bring things back, I really can't tell you. Because when I look out upon society, especially black society, one cannot smile with happiness. They have to frown with sadness. All right, we are back. I think we had a little bit of technical difficulty, you know, with the streaming online, but we are back. Let's go into a break for a minute, and Pianchi, we're going to get back and talk with you some more, and I appreciate, you know, you coming on to the show and, you know, and expressing, you know, your point of view about what's the difference between abuse and accountability and should spanking stop. So we will be right back. We just want to, you know, go on a small break, but we will be right back, okay? Stay stay tuned. What's up, y'all? Jinx here with Complex News. The day you've all been waiting for came a week early as Kendrick Lamar's Pimp a Butterfly is now officially out. Initially slated for a Monday, March 23rd release, the 16-track follow-up to 2012's Good Kid, Mad City hit iTunes at around 11 p.m. East Coast time Sunday night but only the clean version. Shortly after, at 12.30 a.m., the explicit version also became available, with Spotify streams following at 1 a.m. In the day of surprise releases and non-traditional promotional tactics, this could seem like another surprise album drop. But one look at TDE's CEO Top Dog's Twitter account reveals that this event was not the plan. Earlier Sunday, he tweeted, How we feeling eight days away from the return of King Kendrick, TDE. After the album hit iTunes earlier than expected, he wrote, I would like to personally thank Interscope for f***ing up our release. Somebody got to pay for this mistake. Top Dog has attributed the responsibility to Kendrick's label Interscope, which was in charge of distributing the album, although the blame seems like it was an iTunes mishap, considering that the album was uploaded and then taken down and then uploaded again, with two versions being released at separate times. Perhaps it could have been to combat leaks, but seems like no one was on the right page. You can only wonder if TDE had something special in store for the rollout, but has now been rendered useless. Kendrick, along with the rest of TDE, embraced the unexpected, tweeting, Keep calm. All is well. Then he added a link to purchase his new album. The album's digital booklet includes additional photography in line with the cover art. The last page shows a photo of a butterfly, which was taken by Dave Free, one of Kendrick's managers. In addition to handwritten song titles, the thank you section is written by hand and in braille. Executive produced by Top Dog and Dr. Dre, the album features a range of special guests. George Clinton, Thundercat, Bilal, Anna Wise, Snoop Dogg, James Fauntleroy, Ronald Isley, and Rhapsody, which is a much different supporting cast than his last album. The Pimp of Butterfly sound is as varied as its featured artist, using elements of rap, funk, jazz, and spoken word to create a unique brew. At times, the vocals border on live performance. We find Kendrick delivering the word with both familiar and unheard flows, touching on subject matter ranging from depression to racism to dealing with famous success to his place in rap, as well as his peers. The finished product contains the previously released songs King Kunta, I, and The Black of the Berry. Both I and The Black of the Berry are altered from the initial singles. It's too bad that Untitled Song from the Colbert Report didn't make the cut. One of the album's most noticeable callouts comes on the final 12-minute track, Mortal Man. In addition to Kendrick's vulnerable raps where he acts, when shit hits the fan, is you still a fan, the track morphs from rap to spoken word to a stage interview that makes it sound like Kendrick is speaking with the ghost of Tupac. Here's a segment. And through your different avenues of success, how would you say you managed to keep a level of sanity? By my faith in God, by my faith in the game, and by my faith in all good, all good things come to those that stay true. Right. If you remember, Kendrick. Well, that was just a moment that I had to just put that on. How to pimp a butterfly? No, I'm just kidding, y'all. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. And we are talking about what's the difference between abuse and accountability and should spanking 
when we spanking kids should stop, you know, and what age and all of that. So we are back, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Um, we have a few more minutes left for, you know, to talk about this because it is a very important uh, piece because, you know, law has a lot to do with, you know, why parents are afraid, you know, to spank their kids nowadays. And, you know, the, the parents are lack of knowledge in order to combat what can happen to them once the children are taken, you know, into that system. And sometimes, you know, the parents, you know, don't have the withal to fight, and they just leave them in there. And so we need to find some solutions on what can we do, you know, to help something like this, uh, especially when it comes to the the Children Protective Services being in one's life, and there is no demarcation between abuse and accountability uh, you know, abuse and spankings, you know what I'm saying? I thought abuse and, you know, you know, giving black eyes, like you yeah, said, really. you know what I'm saying, and all of that stuff. But when you got to do a serious spanking, it, 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 sometimes that's what it is. So we coming back to the show, and I want to take it over here to my sister, um, Mystery, ask Mystery, Mystery, what do you think about, you know, the things that Pianki was talking about and, uh you know, wish your, wish your, wish your, wish your, wish your take on. Well, I agree with you know, as far as pretty much everything he's saying. But one thing that that he said that stuck out to me was the fact that you have to learn how to discipline your children because you know, and this happens in all families, but it also happens in single family, mm-hmm. single parent families mm-hmm. because parent, whether male or female, get exhausted because they have children to deal with and life and they're doing it on their own. Right. But a thing that all parents need to learn is when you spank your children, don't bring all the extra emotion into it because then that's when you may lose control of the situation due to the anger that you're feeling. Right. You know, you have to keep it a level of control in it. I know... Like for me, for instance, I've I've had to go get my switches, and <laughs> my grandfather provided the tree, and my mom got the branches every time we visited. So, but um, you know, my mom used to always ask us before she spanked us. First of all, when we were in trouble, she told us we were in trouble, but she wouldn't get us right then. Right. Now she wouldn't wait a week, but she wouldn't get us right then. But when she came around to getting us, it's when you just having your you just think she forgot or something. Oh, she'll uh-huh. come in like, okay, now you're about to get your spanking. You know why I'm spanking you. That's mm-hmm. the first thing she asks. Do you know why I'm spanking That's right. Giving the child, okay, well, what did I do? There's right. part of your accountability right there. You know what you've done wrong. And then she proceeded to spank us. But she, it wasn't the hitting or the, you know what I mean? It was with the belt or with the switch or with whatever but on the butt, you're not just swinging all over random. You know, there's a difference between the abuse and spanking. And when you have a control situation, that's when it can be considered a spanking. When you yourself, your emotions are out of control and you try to chastise a child, you may get to the point of abuse. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. exactly, you're, you're not, the, not exactly, and you things you're not supposed to be doing. You may even say things, and saying things is abuse too. Mm-hmm. And I hear I mean? a lot of that around here. So, I'm telling you. And you know, back in my time, you know, when I was being spanked, they didn't, they didn't explain stuff to you, but you done did. Half the stuff I didn't, I know I didn't do anything and was getting my butt kicked. You know what I'm saying? With all three other ones that should have had their butt kicked or by themselves. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was really, I felt like that I was really abused because <laughs> I am lying. I felt like I was really abused because. I know that I ain't no dumb kid. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you know, I know I ain't done that wrong, but I'm being pulled in with these three knuckleheads. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not even getting a chance to even plead my case. You know, by association. Well, I mean, well, my dad used to tell me not to say this about you, but my dad used to tell me when I was little. He said, 
If you hang around four dumb people, guess what? You about to be the fifth dumb person. But they should know you by now. Regardless if you smarter than everybody else or not. <laughs> they should have known that. They know me. They just wanted some extra people to beat up. That's all. You know what I'm saying? But, Pianki, I'm back to you, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, this is the last question. You know, um, when a child, say like, for instance, let's look at a, a single household. You know, because I have been tried by my boys. I ain't never been tried by my girls. You know what I'm saying? But these boys. That's what he's saying, though. Let me tell you. to be raised by me. Well, that's okay. That's okay because they respect me. You know what I'm saying? You know, they respect me because I'll be looking at them with the look. I go right on ahead. Go right on ahead. Go ahead, Hercules. (laughs) Let's get it on. You know what I'm saying? Because I ain't playing. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I have been tried by my boys, you know, after I quit spanking at 12 years old. All of them, I stopped spanking them after they turned 12 and start talking to them. Then my talks came to become seminars. (laughs) And they told me that my my words in, in seminar speaking was worse than the spanking, and they wish they would have had the spanking. But my question to you is, what if a single father or a single mother, you know what I'm saying, that had to raise girls or boys, and the girls is going haywire, and the boys is going haywire, and they talking back at 16 because they, you know, smelling themselves because they didn't have a hit of, you know, sex or whatever. Usually it'd be sex first before they hit anything else, you know, and they come at you all crazy. How would you deal with that type of drama? Well, if you don't, like I said before, if you don't have all the elements that make up the family, that is the aunts and uncles and the grandparents, then you you have to make do. It's they natural for us. They knock all the way out, right? That's what you're saying? <laughs> well, you have to do with what you have. You know, I always say that uh, a woman that finds himself in that predicament, when that boy it gets up to be around 12, they need to find some sort of activity, an organization that has well, a strong yeah. presence of, of males. That's right. And, That's right. I mean... And they do. They did have all of that, but they just thought that I was just a punk, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Because I was a woman. You know what I'm saying? They were with uh, mentors. They had male mentors. I made sure of that, you know, because I know that I can't do everything. And then, you know, the system taught me a few little tricks, too. You know what I'm saying? And I used all them bag of tricks. But when they turned 17 and 16 talking crazy and talking about, they ain't going to do what I say do and come into the house and sneaking their girls in. They got, and listen, we rumbled. We did. Thank God I was still young. You know what I'm saying? Now all I got well, to do they is never was, they was sound like they wasn't brought up to respect authority, especially elder authority. But it's well, natural for a male, a young male, to uh, challenge the hierarchy. Uh, that goes on in the animal kingdom. You know, amongst lions and other animals. Well, so it doesn't necessarily mean that there was something desperately wrong. It's just that that was in the nature to do so. Well, it was in your nature to be overly protective because you were a woman, a mother. Whereas a father would give a young male a little more rope, not too much, but a little more uh, to the point where they don't get in trouble or hurt themselves. And at the same time, it's a learning lesson. You know, for a child mm-hmm. to go out there and get hurt, it can be a learning lesson. I don't mean yeah. to become injured, but to, to get hurt can be learning lessons. Well, I mean, but that's the way I was doing it. That's natural consequences to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how I raised them. You know, now you go and do something wrong, it's a natural consequence, which you got to get back. Now I wasn't no man, but definitely I knew I knew how to treat a man. You know what I'm saying? The man they even teach you how to give him some room. But see, actually, it's best for your child to challenge you 
your male child to challenge you than to go out there in the street and challenge one of his peers because the way kids are today, they will kill you. That's right. And so, therefore, you know, I had to stand. I'm a little tough little something, you know what I'm saying, even right now today. But I'm very, very glad that I have went through all of that because, you know, from, you know, Child Protective Services' point of view, it's like, you know, they have this facade of what kind of scenarios that can be played out. Like, for instance, you know, something so simple. Uh, you know, I was in one of their parenting classes, and they said, what do you do if a little child takes and spills some milk, a glass of milk on the floor and busts the glass, you know, and the glass busts on the floor? Would you beat the child, or would you try to understand it was a mistake? I'm looking at the person like, okay, but what, okay, that's fine. We We understand that. Let's get to something more real. What if, you know, a teenage child as tall as you is and think that they're going to come to your house and tell you what to do in your house because children's services told them that if your mama or your daddy put your hands on you, you let us know. So now they playing like they the dad going, you know, uh, the grown-up, and you better not tell them nothing. What do you do about that? That's what kind of person I was. I was always challenging, you know, that simple stuff that you talk about. That ain't what we after. We after, after the simple stuff is done and these kids get to the age where, you know, they're hanging around their peers. They're hanging around with, you know, influences out there in the street and with the law. You know what I'm saying? And and them, and them talking about what children's services done told them if your parents whoop you or thank you, or whatever you want to call it, let us know. How are you going to deal with all of that? Now, I, I got, I got, I got. I just wanted to say something Go real ahead. quick. I, listening to the brother and, you know, this everything that's been talked about, me, um, I think it, it's, you have to pay attention to those simple things, mm-hmm. especially when they're young, because that gives you the opportunity to teach lessons, like the milk thing. To me, what you should do is you should pick up all the glass, Make sure there's no glass on the floor. That's right. And then have the child clean it up. Help the child or show the child how to clean it up, clean up the mistake. That's right. When, when a child gets older, if if you teach a child lessons when they're certain lessons when they're young, and then when they grow up, you it seems to me like you don't have to, well, it don't even seem to me because I've been around families who have been in every situation that we've talked about, child services. Mm-hmm. I've just been out of a situation mm-hmm. with uh, CPS and all of this stuff, so I already know what's going on. The thing is, though, again, if you teach a child certain lessons when they get a certain age, you won't have to worry about them walking up into your place trying to uh, challenge you like, oh, I'm going to do this. If you do this to me, I'm going to call these people over here to take you away. Because if you have taught them certain type of lessons from young, then the respect level should be there. And like the brother was saying, when it comes to, like, parenting, I mean, women, my, my sister's a single parent. She raised my nephew. My nephew's a good guy. He done graduated. You know what I'm saying? He's onto some entrepreneur type stuff. He's got it going on. And see how, what they grew up around, mm-hmm. I understand, and I saw the little, the little things that she taught him because he didn't get to spend time with his father. It's, it's about the, it is, it's about the little things. Even in my marriage, we attack little things so we don't have to deal with big things. That's right. If you, if you try to attack those little things and te- take every opportunity that you have to make it a lesson to be learned for yourself and for your child, mm-hmm. because those situations teach you as well. You know. That's right. Because nowadays, to me, the, the parent is always battling the child. So by the time a kid gets about 14, 15 years old, they understand negotiation. They, they understand, should, but no, not all this, the time. No, yes, they do. They understand well, negotiation. Listen, of kids listen, now, they understand know? negotiation to the point to where they know if you do something to them, they can go to somebody else and get you in trouble. Well, that's not a negotiation. That is, because they'll come in and be like, if you don't do this for me, then I'm going to do this. But that's not a negotiation. That's, that's a demand. 
will demand negotiation. They understand the difference between right and wrong and how to get what they know how to manipulate. Oh, put it like okay. That. Well, those we'll, we'll put it like that. They well, know how to manipulate to the point to where there's no respect for the uh, authority figure in the house. Okay. Well, so when they get out there and, you know, and they get their butt cracked out there, then they come back to the house and say, it's your fault. Yeah, and but, you know, but, but, but it wasn't your but, fault. But, no, that's true. But that's the cycle. Oh, they're okay. always going to do that again because that goes back to and it always be with the mama. What's with, wrong yeah. with your daddy? Go and yeah. tell your daddy. It, 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 no, it bees like that with the father too, depending it's on the child. The child, the child yeah, and the situation. If there's a father too, well, you yeah. know, yeah. let's put it. Because a, a little girl would do that if a a, a man. We know guys, single brothers. Raising girls. That little girl will get 17, like you said, go smell herself and come back. She'll do that same thing to that father as the, the, the young boy would do to a single mother. It's, it's just about, to me, the, the lesson. It's how you choose to take on and handle lessons because, you know. Uh, Anything went wrong, she was on the fault because that's who you know, Mm -hmm. that's who you love. So that's why when you're hurt, that's who you blame. blame. That's right. You don't blame the The father because you don't know the father. The father don't know nothing about you. Even if the father is in the home, you ain't gonna come up against that man and say to him, "It's your fault." I can't say that because I don't have. Well, you know, I I grew up with my dad, and I blamed him. Me and my dad used to throw blows. Okay, well, at the the same time, they. They were lessons for me. You well, know they what I'm saying? Lessons, I'm sure it was, and they taught me to be a man because I never stepped out in the street and nobody ever touched me. I never had uh, relationship problems. Never. I've I've been in relationships ever since. I ain't never been the type of dude sleeping around. When I got out of a relationship, I got married <laughs> into another relationship. I'm just saying, I, I challenged my father when I was young. I used to challenge my father all the time. But at the, at, at the same breath, that's how he raised me. He raised me not to follow fools. He raised me to be a leader, and he raised me to do what I feel is right. And that comes with the territory of dad. I don't think what you're doing is right. That's me challenging him. And it's his job, again, these are the little things again, to take that opportunity to, take that opportunity to explain to me. That's a teaching moment. He, if he's uh, uh, humbled enough mm-hmm. to see his child coming at mm-hmm. him, telling him he's doing something mm-hmm. wrong, and he thinks and takes the time mm-hmm. to be like, well, look, this is what's actually going on. This is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And if this is the um, contradiction from how you're perceiving it mm-hmm. is what I'm doing, mm-hmm. then that's a teachable moment. Like, everybody, you have to look at this stuff from being a, a a child yourself, once you understand it to me from being a child yourself, then you, you always put yourself in a position to learn. Cause, go ahead. It's growing. Yeah, it's growing. Pain. And everybody yeah, goes through it. Right. They may go through it differently and it may be expressed differently, mm-hmm. but all children are going to grow to the point where they're becoming adults. Mm-hmm. And during that transition is when you're going to get your challenge. Yeah. Now, when you're younger, to bring it back to what we were talking about, when when they're younger, is when you, if you're disciplining them right, mm-hmm. once they get to them growing pain stages, it won't be as extreme as it can, can be. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, well, you know, and you're right about that. Pianke, what you got to say about that? And I don't know if I'm saying you, this name right that's up here on this uh on this uh, board, but you know, I'm trying to trying to be cool or how I'm calling out this name. Pianki, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, yeah, pretty close. Okay, pretty close. Okay, <laughs> okay. Now, hearing us deliberate and 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 debate, <laughs> what you think about what we're saying? Well, you're making do based on the circumstances that you find yourself in. And see, it's always better to do as much as you possibly can because you never want to get to a point someday in the future and say, I wish I had a... Absolutely. Same thing with your spouse. You want to always hug and kiss your spouse as much as you possibly can because you never know if that may be the last time. Absolutely. And you will be someplace... 
you would find yourself in a very solemn position wishing that you could do it just one more time. Mm-hmm. So the same thing goes, too, with the raising of your children. Right. Make sure that you cover all the bases that you possibly can. Because what you're basically doing is giving their child instructions on how they have to go about doing things one way or the other in order to survive in the world that they're going to find themselves in. That's right. It's very difficult to let that child go. That child's been with you since he was born. And then at some point in time, they're going to have to go. It's like when the bird kicks the little baby bird out of the nest. (laughs) The bird will... I'm one of them kind of birds. I'll kick it right out the net, and you better fly. Because I, I, I am I am going to fly and find me another nest. That's just me. My mama, she uh, she, she couldn't let me go. But my she dad, couldn't? heck no, my mama loved me. And my brother, she hated to see us leave. But my wow. dad, my dad, get out of here. Sooner the better. Don't you come back unless you can pay some rent. Unless you can pay some rent, huh? If you're going to stay with me, brother, you got to pay like everybody else. These bills keep adding up. You know what, Pianki? <laughs> you know what, Pianki? Guess what happened to me? Okay, all my kids got grown, right? They all had their kids and stuff, and I helped a little bit with the kids and stuff. And then one day, you know, they start having their own little lives and forgot about me. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting over there in the crib. Uh, you know, looking at my watch and stuff, and the days going past when they gonna call, right? So you know, they left me so long. I decided to wander off, and I said, "Well, you know, let me go out here to California." You know what I'm saying? Everybody living their life and everything. I'm going on. Uh, well, it took them almost two weeks to figure out that I wasn't even in Columbus, Ohio. You hear what I'm saying? And next thing you know, they calling me. Oh, where are you? Uh, uh, y'all ain't figured it out yet. And then after I told them that I was out here, didn't they not? Didn't they all just come and come out here to be with me? You hear what I'm saying? And I'm trying to get away. I'm trying to get a new life going on. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to find Stella, get her groove back. You know what I'm saying? Did your children need you. That's why they come and find you. Okay, well, you can call me. I'm an advisor. My dad would be like, bye. (laughs) Am am I being wrong for being like that, Pianki? Well, I'm not saying you're being wrong. But, you know, we have gotten away from the way we used to do things. You know, everybody should stay in the same house. I mean, just think, you got five kids. That means you're going to have, that's going to be five Kitchen sets, five living room sets, five bedroom sets. <laughs> and look at the money that's being spent. Oh, wow. But, uh, if you had one big house where everybody stayed in the bedroom, I mean, you're going to come down to the living room, some living room anyway. There's so much you're going to do there. You got right. one kitchen. Everybody come down to the breakfast table and talk. Hopefully, you're talking mm-hmm. business. Talking mm-hmm. business at the supper table. All right. like the old sitcom that used to come on TV called Dallas with yeah, J.R. I remember that. Yes, they came hey, down to the all the brothers came down to the breakfast table and they talked business. Don't forget about them. The Waltons. So there's a lot to learn from that. Mm-hmm. We can't stand each other now. We try to get away from each other. I just just want a breather, you know what I'm saying? I just got out three years ago. I just blew up. I just got out. <laughs> I just got out. I served my sentence. Well, nowadays, nowadays, every child's got a TV in their room, and it's about like taking a plate of food, knocking at the door, and setting it down there at the doorstep. That yeah. is so true. That is so true. And it's gotten even better than that. They they now they everybody got their own phone with Facebook all on it, and they had their own. Nobody cooks like, anymore. Nobody cooks. That's right. Frozen food all day. That's <laughs> you don't even see each other. You can go days without seeing the people you live in the same house with. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That and see when uh, when mother and father gets old, they're ready to stick them into an old folk home. That's really counterproductive there. <laughs> Right, because they don't want to take that. I don't, her, I don't, that used to be an unwritten rule that 
that that would not, not happen, and that's me, not like that that's anymore. Not, let me tell you mm-hmm. something. I mean, you're saying something real there, Pianchi, because my mom, when she died at 40 years old, right, I had had a dream a year later before she died, you know what I'm saying, before she died, that she was going to die. She told me, well, she says, well, that's all right. I mean, God got me, right? And I'm like, you know, well, uh, you know, I'm going to need you. She says, what's what I want to be here for? I don't want you to take care of me. Well, she was laughing, you know, about it, right? But when I thought about it, I said, my mama died when I was 21, five days after my birthday. You hear what I'm saying? And my thoughts always go back to that, you know, uh, why would she ever feel as though that I would have put her in a home somewhere? Now, I'm the only daughter. I got one other brother, but he's 10 years younger than me. You know what I'm saying? But I know that I would have been the most responsible. And she didn't want nobody taking care of her. So, you know, when you talk about, you know, kids putting their parents in homes and stuff like that, 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 that should be the last thing on their mind. You know? Well, yeah, and nowadays, if you got a house, they make you set a house, and you, it, it, that money goes toward that care facility. They take your pension, your Social Security. Oh, my and God. And look at all the time and effort and hard work you put into uh, putting the equity in that house for it to yes. be destroyed that way. Right. That's, it's a lot involved. That's probably, you know, why this, you know, this uh, – conversation had to come up, you know, about, you know, the way that we raise our children at the end will be the way they raise you. Uh, take care of you. Take care of you. Child abuse. Yeah. Elderly abuse. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. But, you know, I'm really, really happy that you came onto the show and share it with us this evening, Tianki. I'm glad that you felt that this uh, topic was important enough to come on and share your views. And, you know, and I, I just want to say thank you once again. We're supposed to be doing another show for next week, which is Business 101, Where Are We At, Y'all? And we're going, that's, the, that's number three. And, you know, and I just want to say to all those listeners that are out there, and also you, Pianki, if you had came onto the show and you was like, what, where is Business 101 at? That's because we have found some information that was so much more in-depth that I didn't that it should have been propped up for this round. So we're going to, we rescheduled it for next Monday because the business about black business, uh, th- there's some serious points to this now, and we want to bring those points out in order to help some people understand what they got to do to stop being afraid to be investors and also business owners. Uh, because really, um, the time is coming where we need that. We're going to need it more than ever anymore. And so I just want to say that next week is going to be the time. Uh, on Monday at 7.30 for that show. I hope to see you there, Pianchi, on that one. And, again, thank you for uh, coming and uh, sharing your views with us. And this is the end of our reign. You know it's time to get off the show, but thank you again. Any last words that you want to say, uh, Mystery or uh, Agape to Pianchi? I'd just like to thank you for calling in, man. We appreciate you just taking the time to speak with us. You know, you spoke a lot of good things, mm-hmm. brought a lot of wisdom to the show. So we definitely appreciate that. And, and peace and love to you, brother. Until next time. Okay, well, I appreciate the topic, too. And uh, maybe I can make the show next week. You guys have a nice evening. Yeah, thank you, you so much. Yes, care. please do. And so you are now at the end, we are now at the end of the show, and we want to thank all of the rest of the listeners that may have listened in into the show, okay, uh, about what's the difference between abuse and accountability. And should spanking, when you're spanking your children, when should they stop? Should they stop? And uh, that concludes up this show this evening. And for Thursday, we have Child Support News that's coming up at 4.30 p.m. 
And also next Monday, as stated before, will be uh, Black Businesses 101, where we at, okay? And also, that is It's Our Business to Tell Your Business. So we're going to say it one more time. Black Businesses, where where we at? So be there on Monday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, uh, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on any other time. Just come on to the show. And that is the end of our show. Do have a good night, and thank you for listening to Lardy Miss Clardy and company on Blog Talk Radio. And thank you, Agape and Mystery for being my co-host for the show. You're welcome. Now, everybody have a good night. Mm -hmm.